Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate them. I appreciate them. I was a teenager once. I know many that don't believe that, but... I, I was, there, there were so many things that while Trey and Nita was up here, I just thought, thought about. I was remembering one time, I, we're going to go right into the Word in a minute. I'm going to do some teaching today. In fact, I'm going to challenge you on something. But I, I remember when I was probably about 18, I worked for Zona's dad. Just graduated from high school, and I started working for Zona's dad. And uh, I'd been working for him for, I think, all summer long. And then it was getting towards maybe, I don't know, the end of August, early September, probably. And uh, I decided I'm going to ask him if I can marry Zona. Now, I'm 18 years old. I'm just barely, you know, dry behind the ears. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, y'all don't know that phrase. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> that was kind of my dream, get out of high school, go to work, get married. Now, a lot of people say, wow, I can't believe y'all got married that early. Well, you got to want to grow up. I wanted to grow up. Anyway, and so I, 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 it was at the close of the day. And so I came in and I said, uh, and I, I, he was on, I was on the job and I said, Mr. Bentley, can I have a word with you? Now, you have to understand, here I am probably a good 20 pounds lighter than I am now. <laughs> Zona's dad, what was he, six, three, four, six, four. Big man. And let me tell you, he let you know he's a man too. <laughs> And said, Mr. Bentley, can I, can I have a word with you? And he said, yes. And so he stopped at his desk, and I sat over there on the other side of his desk, kind of. And I said, I, I, I'm, I'm here to ask for, if you'll let me marry Zona. And we go into, uh, he questions me about everything. <laughs> everything. Do you understand? Everything. He questions me. Now, he already had this, I found out later, years later, decades later, <laughs> that they already had this figured out. But one of the subjects he came up with is tithing. And he says, uh, what are you going to do for a living? And I said, well, uh, I'm going to go to work. I'm working for you. <laughs> That's what he wanted to know. What are you, you going to do to support her? You know, to keep the, you know. I said, I'm, I'm going to work. And he said, well, where are you going to get a job? I said, I got one right here. I mean, he'd do that to me. He wouldn't just let me off the hook. I mean, he's digging. And he brings up, he said, so, okay. Uh, are you going to give your money to the church? I said, you mean tithing? And I said, yes, sir, I am. We'd already been doing it. He didn't know it, but we was doing it. He didn't know that Zona was doing it. 
And I said, yes, sir, we going to. And he says, you mean to tell me you're going to give 10% to the church? I said, absolutely. It's kind of like, why do you keep asking me this? Yes, I am. I'm going to do it. In fact, I'm doing it now. And he goes on to say, and he said, well, just a whole 10%? And I said, yes, I'm going to do it. And we went, we kept going back and forth, back and forth like this. And he says, you tell me how you're going to make it if you're going to give 10% to the church. And I said, look, I cannot tell you how it works. But I do know this, if I give God and his work 10%, he's going to make that 90% go further than I could if I tried to struggle with 100%. Now, we had these deep, this deep conversation for over an hour. Zono's mother comes in and they decided this... He never answers me. The question was, can I marry your daughter? <laughs> I asked him a question, and then I got grilled with questions for an hour. <laughs> Zona's mother comes in and said, you ready to go eat? And they got out and left to go eat. <laughs> Never answered me. Never answered one question. And I, I told Zona that I asked, Did I t didn't I tell you that? You, you, that's right. You, were, you did came, you came in too. Well, I was on the hot seat. You understand? My, I'm telling you a story for a reason, uh, and blame it on Nita because it, uh, I didn't have it on my mind when I came. But here's the thing. I went to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it was next Thursday or Friday, right, of the next week. He calls me uh, where I was at because I did. I went from job to job and stuff like that. And he called, and I had to call in. And I called in, and uh, it was about eleven o'clock. And he says, uh, "You going to buy my lunch today?" <laughs> well, I said, "Sure, on one condition." I'll, I'll buy it wherever you want to eat that you let me marry your daughter. <laughs> and he said, well, I guess I better. You know, and, it, and, you know, something to that effect. And then later that evening, Zona's all excited when I see her. You got something to tell me? You got something to tell me? And I said, what have I got to tell you? Because I didn't take it. It was all about lunch, you know, but I made the condition. And, and, I, and she says, Don't, didn't Dad tell you you could marry me? And I said, really? <laughs> my, whole point, my whole point of bringing this up is that this is not something 
that's for somebody my age. I've tithed oh, every time I've gotten money as a kid growing up. You better teach your children. For their sake, not yours, for their sake. You ain't always going to be around. And I got another thing for you about that. You better teach your children if you don't want them living off of you the rest of your life. Woo! That preach is good. Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. And that's where the blessing's at. It's in, in that faith of obedience. I obey him because I believe what he said. You follow? I think I've done enough. <laughs> Praise God. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, you're here. Open up our understanding. Give me accurate words to convey those understanding, clear thought. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read, we, we looked at this, this whole month we're going to talk about, and I want to encourage you, if you can't be here from some, from some, for some service, we live stream all of our services. You, you need to pick it up. There's a reason why you need to pick it up. You don't want to be five days or five weeks behind. Because we're going somewhere. Amen. We're not sitting still. We're not, in fact, we ain't going back to what it was before the pandemic. And there's a reason for that. God, time is short, and we need to discern the moments. But <clears throat> we're, we're investing this whole month on, on, on teaching about the Holy Spirit. It's probably one of the things that this generation has very little understanding of. And people that do have it uh, don't take time to explain or give understanding. And then those that don't have it because they don't understand it are petrified of it because they're concerned about the tongues part. There's a lot more to that than just that part. We read this last week, but uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, and, and I believe it's 11 and 12, but we're going to look at this through the, the Passion Translation. And uh, can you pop that up there? If you can't, I can read it off of here. Okay. It's probably better I just focus on this. Okay. All right. Listen to this. Those who repent, and this is John the Baptist speaking, those who repent, I baptize with water, but there's coming a man after me who is more powerful than I. In fact, I am not worthy even to pick up his sandals. He will, watch this phrase, submerge you in union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. He comes with a harrowing fork, which is kind of like a pitchfork, but it's really about uh, separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, let, let me give you what that means. When it's time 
for wheat, they go out in the field, use a sickle, cut it down, and it comes in stalks about like this. Now the wheat is at the tip end. They come into a threshing floor and they beat the wheat away from the chaff. Now, what that means is when they take a, like a, it looks kind of like a pitchfork, they scoop up, now that the chaff and the wheat are separated, but they're still mixed together, right? They take this, this uh, scoop, like a pitchfork, and they throw it up in the air. The breeze blows the puff of the chaff away. All of the chaff is hull and has no substance. And the wind kind of blows it and separates it. And then the wheat, because it has substance, falls back to the ground. Y'all follow? All right. Listen to what he says again. He comes with a win, winning fork. Or <laughs> All right. When owing, I'm getting my tongue down. All right. Handa la basaya. In his hands and comes to his threshing floor to sift. Everybody say sift. What is worthless from what is pure. Now, understand the function of what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of what? Holiness. So much of our lives is focused on worthless stuff. I'm just throwing that out there. And it, uh, to sift what is worthless from what is pure. And he is ready to sweep out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his granary, but the straw will be burned up with a fire that cannot be quenched. He's referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Now I want you to keep that stuff in mind throughout these whole teachings because many people have no understanding of what the Holy Spirit's purpose or function. And the Holy Spirit is the person of Jesus Christ. Go with me. I was, wasn't going to do it exactly like this, but go with me to the book of... Uh, we'll read King James from here on out. Uh, the book of Ephesians. One of the most powerful verses that that I've seen in my lifetime concerning this. Paul said, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in the person of Jesus Christ. Now what is the Godhead? The Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Now, if you check those out, those are... A person occupies every one of those offices. But those offices are not the name of the person. Did you hear that? 
Now, I'm going to be challenging you a little bit. Let me give you an example. I am a son, I'm a husband, and I'm a father. But I don't sign any checks, father, son, and husband. I have to use my name. The name that, it, that is recognized by heaven is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Referencing the Lord to the Father, the Son to Jesus, and Christ to the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, and we're going to read here in Ephesians just a minute. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. When that happened, he comes up out of the waters of baptism when John baptizing, the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. And from that point on, Jesus begins to perform what we refer to as the miraculous. It's natural to him because the Holy Spirit has empowered him. He did this for us a, to show us where he's going to take us. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, watch this. Verse number 5, I said 5, it's chapter 4, excuse me, I'm sorry. Chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, there is a baptism of water, but there's only one baptism he's talking about, and that's the baptism of fire. The baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and fire. The baptism of water causes you to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. But the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is different. It's separate. In fact, that's what Jesus really came to do. I'll prove it to you here in a moment. Verse number 6. There's one God. There's one and Father. There's one, how many gods? One God. Okay, one God. Operating in three different functions. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, everybody with that? I'll, I'll get into that. There's one God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch these phrases. They're not just random. One God and Father of all. He's of all. Referencing the Father position. Watch this. Who is above all? The Father God is above all. Watch this phrase. Through all, everybody say through all. through all. How do you have access to the Father God? Through Jesus Christ. The function of the Son. And, watch this phrase, and in you all.
one God, one Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. Three different functions. Now, why is that important? I'm laying a foundation here. Because if you don't get these concepts, many people in our generation don't understand these functions. Did you know that the work of the Son has been finished? When Jesus said it is finished, it's finished. The work of the Son's finished. That position has fulfilled what he was sent to do. And now he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Everybody with me? I'm going to help you right here if you'll listen carefully. Jesus is not on earth. He's on the throne. However, his person is here in the form of the Holy Spirit. You follow that? Now, think about this for a moment. I want to help you understand, because I need to move on from here, but I want to help you understand about functions. Let me go back and refer to myself. I am a son, I'm a husband, and I'm a father. Each one of those functions has different purposes. If you get those purposes mixed up, it's not, it doesn't work. I cannot treat my wife like she's my daughter. Any of you men try that, shame on you. Hello? I cannot treat her like she's my mother. All you women, you can't mother him. If you're married, everybody, woo, shout me down. Woo, man, this is getting good advice. $100 a piece, please. Okay. When you get out, I, I'll never forget one time, Zona, when we first got married. We hadn't been married but a few months, and she, was fold, she wanted me to fold clothes. And she was, you know, and uh, we came in there, and she's got her way. This is her house now. It's not my mother's. And I folded them the way Mom folded them. What are you doing? I said, I don't fold them like that. And I said, well, that's not the way my mother folds them. How many of you have said, that's not the way my mother cooks it? Well, then you just cook your own. You better be careful. She could open a can of dog food and call it cooked. Okay. You see, you have to understand, and that's where the body of Christ has kind of missed it. There are certain revelations that have been preserved for certain times. Jesus was foretelling it, but we never picked up on it. The disciples most of the time didn't pick up on it until you start getting into John chapter 15, uh, 14, 15, 16, and 17, which we're going to spend time in chapter 14 here in just a moment. So there's three different functions. It's all one God. 
Okay? All one God, but three different functions. Okay? And, and Jesus the Son relates to you because that's where God is bringing us into. He paid the price so that you could be ch called a child of God. Okay? And he's going, it, it, what he's saying to you, what the Father was saying to you, I want to bring you in union with me to where we can have the relationship, but Jesus had to pay the price to purge us from our sins with his blood to give you access. Everybody with that? Jesus, help me. For time's sake, I'm talking about time's sake. All right. Now go with me to the book of John, chapter 14. Everybody with me? Yes. Everybody excited? Yes. All right. I wonder if you've ever heard these verses. Verse number one, we'll read verses one through three first, and then, uh, and then I got to do some breaking down, okay? John chapter 14, verse one. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. I mean, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, the reason why he said that is because chapter 13, he's talking about the world hated you, hated me, and therefore, if you believe on me, they're going to hate you too. And if they mistreated me, they're going to mistreat you. I'm paraphrasing everything. But that's what he's saying. And he said, now, when these things come upon you, don't think it's strange because you're a believer in me. They don't like you. Okay? These last days, you're going to have a lot of resistance. Why are you going to have a lot of resistance? Because there's a separation not only of the chaff from the wheat, but the tares from the wheat. Two different things. Okay? And that's what's going on. Now, <clears throat> he's saying, don't let your heart be troubled. These things are going to happen in the world. You're in the world, you're not of it. Nita's already pointed that out. Now, watch carefully. See if you've ever heard these verses. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. How many of you ever heard that phrase? Where did you hear it most of the time? At a funeral. No? How many of you ever, let's see how many hands again. I'm, you got to participate. I'm sorry, you guys. If you'd be at church, I could see you. <laughs> but you're doing the second best, those who are viewing by live stream. All right. How many of you ever heard those verses? Yes. Now, how many of you ever thought, we have a funeral, we make that statement, and we're saying, you know, he had to leave this body and God's prepared a mansion for him up there in the corner of glory land. How many of you ever thought that? How many of you ever been, you know, had the idea like that? It's kind of been left like that. I am not against that. But if that's all you get out of these verses, you're going to miss what Jesus is saying because that was not the emphasis. Why would he move from verse 1 and go into verse 2 talking about when you get to heaven. Why would he do so? Because he's telling you while you're here on earth, you're going to have all this trouble. 
But don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he turns automatically, and it seems like he's talking about another subject altogether. And he is not. I am not discounting that when we get to heaven that there may be some bright mansion there prepared for us. But when you get there, the whole thing is not going to be in what house you live in. When you get to heaven, it's going to be full of the glory of God. The only thing you're going to be thinking about is the presence of God. You're not going to be thinking about the house you're living in. And yet, we'll have all kinds of songs that talks about the emphasis of when I get to heaven, there's going to be a mansion for me. And we'll make stupid statements because we're ignorant of these verses because we don't dig. Do you know the King James Version is a translation? Paul didn't write in King James. Okay? John didn't write in King James. He was a Jew. What do you think he wrote in? Hebrew. Okay? Now, the New Testament was translated to Greek. And we get down to where we get our English Bibles, and there is translations that sometimes were off. Now, think about this for a moment. When you got up this morning, just before daylight, and I woke up probably about 6.30, and the sun was just beginning to shine. I started seeing daylight. Right? But you know what? The morning sun and the noon sun have two different lights. No? I mean, is any real people here? Yes. So that means that we're, as the days are approaching, as the time gets closer to the evening, the brighter and the hotter the sun. Is that right? There are some revelations that we only had an inkling of coming out of the dark ages. And there is a period of time called dark ages. Now we're living in a time where there's a full bright sun and the evening time is getting ready to close. We're at the end of an age. There have been some understandings that were reserved for the evening and not the morning. Everybody with me? I'm going real slow because I, I, when I challenge you here in just a minute, you're going to get shook up. You say, oh, I, I can't believe that. You know how many times I've preached this and people are, <laughs> Okay. Listen to this. Let's look at it. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now watch carefully. I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus say, I'm leaving to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Watch this phrase. Watch this phrase. That where I am, not where I'm going, where I am, there you may be also. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, I'm already in the place that I'm going to prepare for you so that you can be in the place that I am right now. And he wasn't talking about leaving your body. Are you ready? You better take good notes right here. Woo! Hallelujah. This excites me every time I preach it. Well, let's look at a few words here. In my father's house, the word house. The word house in the Greek means residence. By implication, by implying, the implication here is family or house or household. And everything that goes with it. For example, in our house, mine is Zona's house, there's furniture there. There's utensils there. Right? There's electricity there. There's water there. Follow? Woo, glory to God. Man, I, I'm going to contain myself. So when he's talking about the house, he's talking about the family that lives there. But he's also talking about all of the substance in that house that we live in. He's talking about my, me and Zona, the family that lives there, but he's talking about the utensils. He's also talking about the water. He's talking about the furniture. He's talking about every aspect of that piece of property that the, the household lives in. Do you follow? Okay. In my father's household are many mansions. So the word mansion. Man. The word mansion, notice it was in, are many what? Mansions, plural. But he's just got, he's talking about one house. But he mentions mansions, plural. The word mansions is a staying or abiding or dwelling or the word, get this, because it's going to show up in a minute, abode. The title of today is the abode of the Holy Spirit. The abode, a staying, abiding, dwelling, or abode. Watch this. You'll find it in the definition. Woo! This is what it means metaphorically. Of God, the Holy Spirit's indwelling the believer. Total different concept. 
total different concept. Do you want to know the truth? I'm going to shoot right up to the front and then I'll come back and clean it up. You, your born again spirit is the mansion that the Holy Ghost dwells in. He's not talking about when you get to heaven. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming to live in you. The Bible says in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle put it like this, we together, the believers together, make up the habitation of God. Amen. Amen. That ought to excite you. It excites me, man. I get, well, if nothing else, just watch me get excited. <laughs> Mansions. It means that the, the Holy Spirit's indwelling of the believer. Now, let me, let's read this a little bit different then. I'm going to get to another, I'm going to get to the last word here in a minute. In my Father's residence. are many abiding places. Now, I didn't get finished reading, writing the rest of this down, but it really means different rooms in the same house. Now, here's where we get in big trouble. When you don't have a concept in understanding this, how many of you? How many of how many of y'all live in house? Or you know, a mobile home's a house too. Okay. How many of you know there are different compartments, different rooms to that house? You don't go to the kitchen to take a bath. Each room has its designation for certain things. You may call me the bathroom. I don't know. When I get through talking to you, you're probably saying, yeah, that's where <laughs> we're going to do some eliminating of dirt there. But you don't go to the kitchen to go to the bathroom. And you don't use the living room or the dining room to sleep. Each room has its appointed designation. Each room is still in the residence. Each room has different functions. Right? Okay. If you don't get this right, don't understand it, you're going you're gonna to foul up. And the devil loves to keep us without understanding. In my father's residence are many rooms. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go, listen carefully, to prepare a place for you. We have appointed it when we leave our body. That word place has a different meaning. That's the third word. Listen to this. 
Now, I don't know if I'm going to waste my breath on this if you don't get excited. You know what I'm finding out? I don't have to wait until I leave my body to enjoy the presence of God. And he's saying this. Oh my, all right, let's get to the word place. The word place means a spot in a space. A spot in a space. So Jesus saying, I'm going to prepare a spot in my father's residence where you're going to have a designated space. How many of us that don't get into my space? That's what happens when you compete among yourselves and you cherish somebody else's anointing. When God's got one for you, you haven't discovered. Because you're too busy coveting somebody else's space. Woo! Glory to God. I think I'll take up a $200 offering. Every single believer has a designated space in that residence. It, it's got more. He's in, a, in a, a, a spot in a space, but limited by occupancy. How many of you got teenagers? They don't want you to crowd their space. They keep the door shut. I don't want nobody. There's reasons for that. The reason is they don't want you to know what's going on. <laughs> okay. It's a limited by occupancy. Whereas in a large location, it's like a, as a position or a home or a trap. Figuratively, this word means opportunity, place, license, quarter, room are your designated space. This is not the time for you and I to keep living life through wonder as a believer. You, God's got a plan and he's got a purpose for every single one of us and so much of our time we are thinking like we're immature when God is saying it's time for you to grow up. This season for the church to grow up and understand that they are called to a designated space in God's residence. Half the body of Christ never stays under the spout where the glory comes out because they're too busy running to and fro here and there and they have no roots to find out what God's got planned for them. In fact, this is what we've all been trained to do. We've been trained to come to church so we can get God to anoint our dreams. And God says, your dreams are puny at best. Has no eternal significance. 
Most of our dreams are so focused on, you know, making more money or, you know, going on a big vacation or retiring early. And all of that has nothing to do with eternity. Nothing to do with eternity. Not a single thing. Do you know when eternity began for you? The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life. It doesn't begin when you die. God's got a designation for you. And the reason why the devil's been eating our lunch and popping our sack is because we don't comprehend what I'm talking about. Y'all still love Jesus? Yeah. I know I'm kind of talking to you straight, but you want me to talk to you straight? You want to play pussyfoot and go out and do whatever else you want? And then wonder why it don't work out. Come back in church next week. Just come. I just don't know why you did I just don't know why. I tell you why. You haven't sought God to find out why. Why you're off track. You need to get in sync with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you. I love you. I'm really loving you right now. Now, let me read this again. And then I want to jump down for time's sake. Okay? You ready? Yeah. And I'm glad I can't see no clocks. <laughs> In my father's residence are many rooms. I'm, I'm using those definitions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a designated place in my father's residence. Together, remember what I said Paul said in the New Testament. Together, we make up the habitation of God. In, listen carefully, the form of the Holy Spirit. The whole purpose of why Jesus came is to give you a new spirit. Your spirit is supposed to be a container to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, why did he do that? Because your spirit was contaminated with the fall of Adam and Eve, that, that, that sin nature. And it was dead to God. And now Jesus paid the price so that you can be alive to God and have access to the Father. Are you all with me? Yes. Now, why would he do that? So that the Father can fill you with himself. How many of you want to keep living in a troublesome world without the guide, the teacher, the one that's going to lead you in truth in a world full of fake news? Don't even know where to believe. Many Christians don't even know what to believe. Why don't they? If we have the spirit of truth, who's going to lead us into the word of truth and give us understanding in every situation, in every set of circumstances, to help us to learn how to train up our children in the way they should go, to teach us and show us what to do financially, to where to be at the right place at the right time so we can have the serendipity blessing of God at every aspect, every avenue, and every arena of our life. But it takes you getting acquainted with him so you can learn to hear his voice because this is, it's different than the voices that are in the world system. 
He has no manipulation involved. He has no obscurity. He's going to deal with you in straight truth. And guess what? He's going to tell you when you're wrong. Amen. And he's going to say, don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. We hit and miss because we don't understand what Jesus really came to do. Yes, I am grateful that he forgives me of my sin. But I am really grateful for the next level of understanding. Amen. That I don't have to sin all my life. I can follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and he can get rid of Ronnie Allen's fallen human nature and I can learn to be more mature in hearing his voice than my own appetites. Yes. What if the Holy Spirit showed up to you? Some of us are, are sick because, you know why we're sick? Because we've let the appetites of fallen human nature guide us with our health. And the nature of that of that nature is of death. What if the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to eat that? I know some of you look at me strange. Well, God don't care what I eat. Really? Really? I'm moving right along. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you got off the subject matter. I see you need to lose a few pounds. I mean, I'm... I mean, <laughs> You know, we always try to pass the buck about somebody else. Listen, I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. One time the Holy Spirit began to deal with me for two weeks. I'm so glad he's patient. For two weeks he dealt with me. And he said, Ronnie, I'm going to let you drink tea. I don't mind you drinking tea. But I want you to get rid of the sugar. And man, how many of you know that in South Texas you got to have that sweet tea with lemon in it? Bill Miller's here we come. <laughs> and this is what he kept telling me. I, I want you to get rid of it, Ronnie. I want you to get rid of it. We didn't have a lot of money to go to Bill Miller's. In fact, there wasn't any Bill Miller's too much around at that time he was dealing with me. And he said, I need you, to, I want you to get rid of it. I said, man, I wrestled with God. How many of you, y'all have no idea what I'm talking about now. Lie, lie, lie. <clears throat> and I argued, you know, kind of, I didn't get in his face, but I kind of skirted it. And he said, one day he just, after about two weeks, he just said, Ronnie, okay, you want to keep it? You keep drinking that sugar in your tea. And I'll give you the reason why. And listen, I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm not putting this conviction on you. I'm talking about God led me. That's why the purpose of the Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about. He said, but if you continue, this is what's going to happen to you. My wife didn't ride my case. In fact, she was drinking sugar in her tea. All of my kids were drinking sugar in their tea. You follow? And he said, I want you to quit. But if you continue, 
you're going to come down with diabetes. And it's going to cause you health problems and maybe even cause an early death. Here's why. I was going through five pounds of sugar a week in my tea alone. Real, woo, man. And so finally, I, God got it wrapped around my head and I quit cold turkey. I gagged tea for a week. <laughs> but now, you better not even put one grain in my tea because I can pick it up. In fact, I don't want no sweet tea at all. I have no desire. If it's sweet, just give me water. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. This is not putting conviction on you. What this is trying to do is help you understand the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Many of the problems we face is because we can't hear God's voice. Why can't we hear God's voice? We're bombarded with all kinds of news. Okay? Many voices. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And another, they won't follow. You see, God's more interested in your health than even you are. Why? Because your body, listen to what he says, is the temple, listen carefully, it's proven what I just read to you, of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in your body. That's where God wants to take up residence. Man, I'm glad that I'm glad that big light right there is shining. I know what you're going to do. You're going to go to the lighting and sound department and say, "Turn that light out." Watch carefully, quickly. I'm going to read quickly, and then I'm going to end on one, this, last, this last verse here. Verse 12. Jesus said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my Father. Why is he going to the Father? To prepare a place for you, a spot in the residence. Okay? And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit to know what to ask of the Father, and then the Son gets glorified by bringing you into that spot or that place. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another you for how long? Forever. Listen carefully. I'm always going to be my mother's son. My parents' son. Right? I'm always going to be a father. But the relationship of my marriage superseded all of that. I had to be a father. I mean, I had to be a son so that I could fulfill the place of a husband. 
And that relationship is for how long? Forever. Everybody say, forever. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's supposed to come live inside your spirit forever. Man, even the, watch this, even the spirit of truth. What is our generation crying out for? The truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it seeth him not, neither knows him. But you know him, watch this, you know him. Jesus telling his disciples. For he dwells with you right now in my body and he shall be in you I will not leave you orphans I'm not going to leave you in this world that's full of trouble by yourself I will come to you yet a little while and the world sees me no more but you'll see me because I live you're going to live also the same life Okay. At that day, at that moment, when this happens, you shall know that I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I, by my Spirit, are in you. Amen. He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that, that loved me, and he that loved me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest, watch this carefully, manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, watch this, and make our abode with him. The same word abode is the same word mansion. And a mansion's designated spots for the Father, the Son, and His Holy Spirit to live in and move around in and go from room to room in and function in the designated spot for what it was designated for. Turn to your neighbor say, Pastor Ronnie must be designated the bathroom. <laughs> I know some of you just kind of, I, I, I get it. I, I do, I really do get it. We're almost through. We're going to go down through 27. He that loveth me not, and keepeth, and keepeth not my sayings, the word which ye hear is not, the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father that sent me. These things I've spoken to you, yet being present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. You know he knows how to teach you even stuff on the earth that is earthly. He knows how to teach you better than anybody else. Better than a college education. 
And we send our kids to go to these major universities to be uh, propagandized by heathens and we haven't taught them how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You want to know why they leave the church? I'm telling you why. We don't understand this right here. He'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. And then he goes back to the phrase that he started with in verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You're in this ugly, screwed up world system. But he says, I'm going to put my spirit in you to separate you from the effects of that system. As you let the Holy Spirit lead you, teach you, and guide you into the truth. You don't have to be deceived. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I'm going to stop right there. I had other places to go, but I'm going to stop. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to stop. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I am so excited about that. Thank you, Jesus, that your spirit never leaves me. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. Glory be to God. How many of you want the fullness of what Jesus paid for? You want all of him. I want him. I want everything. I don't want just to do the best I can and wait until I get to heaven. I want to be filled with his presence. I want to be filled with his understanding. I want him to lead and, get, and teach me and guide me. I want him to be truthful with me. When I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Glory to God. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to close with this and we got just a few moments. But if you want to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, I mean you want Him, you, you want to make room for Him in your heart. I want you to get down here just as fast as you can get down here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Just lift your hands to heaven right now. Just lift and begin to worship Him. Take just a, I know you. I know your lunch is coming. I get all of that, but just take just a moment. This is too. This is too much of a precious moment to squander by the flesh. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We praise you, Holy Spirit. You're here right now. Glory be to God. We've gathered together in your name and your spirit is here. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, right now just fill us to overflowing. Just fill us up. Fill us up. I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your understanding. I want you to lead and guide me, train me, develop me, help me to be like you. Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. The quality of life Jesus paid for can't be lived by me alone. You need to be my God. You need to be my teacher. You need to be my trainer. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Any place in my heart, my mind, or my lifestyle. 
whereby I am giving over to foolishness. Convict me, train me, develop me, help me to live the life Jesus paid for. Holy Spirit, fill me up to overflowing with the joy that Jesus had while he was here on earth, even in this world system. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now begin to thank him for the infilling, the filling up of the Holy Spirit. Begin to thank him. Begin to worship him. Begin to magnify him. Begin to cry out with your heart and give, lift your voice to him right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, be the fire inside my soul that burns up the chaff. Oh, Lord, let the weed of your spirit come shining through. My life belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. If I live it, I'll make a mess of it. But if you live it through me, Holy Spirit, glory to God, I'll reap the righteousness, peace, and the joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. You that are viewing by live stream, just because you're not here in this auditorium, doesn't mean God left you out. The Holy Spirit knows no distance. You have actually gathered with, together with us at this moment. And he's right there where you are. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, right now manifest yourself wherever they're at. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you just one last thing. I know what time it is. Please don't bother me. The other day, I bought Zona a new vacuum cleaner. Now that vacuum cleaner is designed to do everything it can to suck the dirt out of our house. Just get rid of it. I didn't know how to operate. It's a brand new machine. And I discovered something. I can take the machine and go through the motions and never get rid of the dirt. I have to plug it in. Once I plug it in, do you know what happens to that vacuum cleaner? It comes alive with an electricity a power source to cause it to do what was invented to do. Now you're understanding the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's to fill you up so you can fulfill your designation. Glory to God. I want, to, I want to encourage you to go home today before the day is out. Before the day is out. Don't let this go any further than today. You get with God somewhere. It doesn't have to be long. Don't worry about the time element. But designate a moment. 
and get with and say, Holy Spirit, just fill me with your joy, your peace. Fill me with your righteousness. Overflood my soul and then begin to let him speak through you. It'll, he'll use your mouth, he'll use your tongue and he'll use your voice box. But he'll give you the utterance to speak in a heavenly language. Oh, glory to God. You know what about the heavenly language? There is no fake information. That's right. No fake. All of a sudden now, you're speaking heavenly language, and guess as you're speaking this heavenly language, guess what's happening? The Bible says when you talk in another tongue, you're speaking to God. Where from? Out of your spirit, not out of your head, where you got everything figured out. And then you get disappointed because God doesn't do it the way you think because he ain't wanting to. Your plan is flawed. That's right. How can you plan and scheme and orchestrate the fulfillment of God's word in your life. It's God's word. He's the one that spoke it and the one that promised it. How can you and I, with our puny brain, begin to think that we're going to fulfill the word of God and tell God how to fulfill his word? He wants you to spend some, invest some time in trusting him. And, and listen, what I'm talking about is, is a trust level. It's a trust level. A lot of Christians don't ever get to that point. They won't ever, they won't ever, they won't ever step out and do that. But I'm telling you here today, you've come up here to the front and God saw it. And he's going to visit you with tongues of fire in your household. Glory to God. And then, if you got somebody in your family who's acting like a renegade, they can't escape it. Glory to God. Father, I thank you as we get ready to leave this place that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice. Say that with me. I hear his voice. And the voice of another I will not follow. Now, Lord, you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods, and you've given us the name of Jesus to use which we invoke right now. Say this with me in the name of Jesus. Jesus. There'll be no tragedy tragedy. named among us. us. Now, Father, I thank you as we leave this place to go into our everyday lives. I thank you that you'd so fill us full of your love that every person we contact, your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. This is the last thing I want you to do. The last thing I want you to do, even those that are out there in the, in the, in the seat area, right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give the Lord a big hallelujah. Just hallelujah! Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.